Hey, what's up everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. We have a new student with us. She just moved here from Africa. Welcome. I'm from Michigan. Great. I'm 16. Until today, I was homeschooled. And then it was goodbye, Africa. And hello, high school. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm Janice. This is Damien. Watch out! New meat coming through! This map shows the school's central nervous system, the cafeteria. You got your cool Asians, burnouts, jocks, the greatest people you will ever meet, and the worst. Get in, loser! We're going shopping! Your house is really nice. I know, right? Being with the plastics was like leaving the actual world. <laughs> and entering girl world. Have you seen any guys that you think are cute yet? There's this guy in my calculus class. His name's Aaron Samuels. <gasps> no, no. That's Regina's ex-boyfriend. Ex-boyfriends are off limits. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. Gretchen told me that you like Aaron Samuels. I could talk to him for you if you want. Really? You would do that? You're so hot. <gasps> Why would she do that? She's a life ruiner. I knew how this would be settled in the animal world. <laughs> But this was girl world. All the fighting had to be sneaky. I'm sorry I laughed at you. I'm sorry I called you fat. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me. But I can't help it that I'm popular. Walk it off! Walk it off! Okay. You know who's looking fine tonight? Seth Mosikowski. He's your cousin. What? He's a good kisser. Someone took a dump somewhere they weren't supposed to. school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish. The class of 04's own, Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not much, man. AC went out at the house. It's getting a little oh, steamy. Here, baby. It's, uh, whew, it's gonna be rough, but, uh, I'm here. I'm in it. I'm excited to talk about any movie that takes place in one of my favorite cities in the world, Evanston, Illinois. So <laughs> let's do it. Let's get started. Was, is your AC up because the derecho hit you guys? Oh, no. It's just... It, it's it was unrelated? Like 20, no, the AC was like 27 years old. And it was, oh. it, it, it was weird last night. Like There was like smoke coming through the AC and <laughs> it, it had burst into... You know, it was not good. Uh, so now it's just going to be a little hot. But that's okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, That's, here in central Iowa, my 800-pound pergola did a cartwheel in our backyard because the, the wind hit it. That was some wild shit to see. But I am okay, and somehow my power didn't go out. Like, the whole neighborhood man. did, but mine is okay. So, karma, I guess. R.I.P. the pergola. R.I.P. Right. Well, we were getting rid of it anyway, so, you know, nature was kind of a solid there. That's right. Uh, 
Also joining us in the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas two-step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan? Hey, guys. Um, doing pretty good to, uh, tonight. Just, just reminiscing about some other previous class of 03 members before here. Um, yeah, we were, we were doing a deep dive ourselves and some of our friends from way back in the day to see what they're up to now. Yeah. Memories, guys. Uh, rounding out the two-step, this podcast chief topiary and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Uh, not much, you know, uh, feeling all right. I got my hair cut the other day and I feel like it's like what? light and fluffy and big. <laughs> I might say it's full of secrets. I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's just <laughs> feeling good. It looks fluffy tonight. I, it's, it's a good look on you. Sorry, podcast listeners. You can't see the magnificence that is this haircut, but. We'll just have to imagine. Yeah. Look at her caricature from our logo when it's basically that today. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, Dana, this week, what are we talking about? Um, we are talking about Mean Girls from 2004, mm -hmm. um, classic, and well, you know, obviously we'll get into it, but, uh, this movie, you know, some of us might own these on DVDs that you can no longer play. Um, yes, yes that is me. I have a DVD, but nowhere to play it. <laughs> um, which always baffles me now. We have multiple DVDs, DVD players in this house. So if anybody needs one, let us know. Uh, you know, send up a, a flare. We'll, we'll bring you a DVD mm -hmm. player. Um, but you can get it on wherever you purchase movies, Amazon, Apple Plus, Google, Voodoo, I think we mentioned last time, or I think wherever you can purchase this film. That's a popular one. You can get it basically at a bank. You can get yeah. it wherever you feel like getting it, I think, at this point. Yeah, if you just like wait long enough, it'll pop up on Freeform, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that sounds 100% accurate. I think it's in the theaters right now, too. Like in, in some of the theaters that are open. So I'm sure it's at a drive-in or something at a minimum. Yeah. Catch Mean Girls, catch COVID. It's all good. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, God. It's fucking dark. Uh, do you want to give us a quick synopsis of what this movie's about? Yes, I will give you a quick one. Uh, we are steering away from Rotten Tomatoes this week because it was another, like... Uh, tome. I think it was the same guys last week and I refused. Uh, so I just found this on Google and here we go. Uh, teenager Katie Heron was educated in Africa by her scientist parents. When her family moves to the suburbs of Illinois, Katie finally gets to experience public school and gets a quick primer on the cruel tacit laws of popularity that divide her fellow students into tightly knit cliques. She unwittingly finds herself in the good graces of an elite group of cool kids dubbed the Plastics. But Katie soon realizes her shallow group of friends earned this nickname. That's a solid synopsis. Take a note, Rotten Tomatoes. See how fast that was? We didn't get into like the director. Oh man. Good job. Dude, I actually prefer it when, it when it's super long and gives everything away. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. Short and concise, forget that. Oh my God. Uh, Megan, do you want to give us a quick rundown of who is in this movie? Yeah, sure. So I guess the first thing is who isn't in this movie. It basically <laughs> has like everyone from SNL and Second City that you can possibly remember from back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. And starting with actually one of my girl crushes from back in the day, Lindsay Lohan. She plays Caddy or Katie Heron. <laughs> so I mispronounced that on purpose. There you go. Um, 
I'm going to try to get through all these without mispronouncing too many. We have um, Rachel McAdams played Regina George. Tina, Fre Tina Fey, one of my there favorites. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> plays Ms. Norsberry. <laughs> Tina Fey plays Ms. Nor Norbury. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God, Megan. Ugh, words are hard. Um, Tim she Meadows. herself. Jinx yeah. herself. She's like, oh, I got yep. this, guys. Hubris. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Meadows plays Mr. Duvall. Amy Poehler plays Mrs. George. Anna Gasteyer plays Katie's mom. Lacey Charbert? Yes, Chabert. Chabert. Okay. Gretchen Wieners. Lizzie Kaplan plays Janice Ian. Daniel Franzese. Francesi. Francesi plays Damien. Neil Flynn plays Katie's dad. Uh, John Bennett, Jonathan Bennett, plays Aaron Samuels. Amanda Seyfried? Yes. Yeah. Ah, plays Karen Smith. <laughs> and um, saved one, the best one for last. Sorry, I'm going to butcher this. Rajiv Surendra? Okay. All right. Plays Kevin uh, Nippur. Nice. Very well done. That was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. All that, I, all that shit talking. <laughs> I definitely thought Amanda Seyfried would throw you off. And wow, you nailed it. So. I that got that pretty, one. Yeah. I didn't get Tina Fey, though. Uh, <laughs> the, the Lacey Chabert story is interesting. She was the voice of uh, Meg Griffin on the first season of, of uh, yeah. Family Guy. And then she lost yep. the job to Mila Kunis and potentially Mila Mila Kunis. Such a bummer. Uh, she also, so, I think, yeah. started the role of uh, Cosette on Broadway, Les Mis. Anyone? No? Okay. Oh, no, nah, man. We <laughs> need Bobby Clawson for that one. Okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> never mind. I will take your word for it, though. Okay. This Ms. So, before we kind of get into some fun facts and get into the recap here, let's go around the horn and talk about uh, the first time we saw this movie, if it was before the pod. How about you, Dave? Uh, it was uh, about 24 hours ago. I haven't seen it. Okay. Crazy. I know. Because <laughs> reading about it, it's like this was iconic, an iconic movie. It's like a pop culture phenomenon. And I just, oh, yeah, I just didn't get around to it. Crazy. And I see movies all the time. So Constantly. I feel bad. I feel bad. Yeah. Dana, how about you? So I actually do remember seeing this in the theaters. Um, so I guess it would have been the summer between my like junior and senior year of college. A bunch of us stayed in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. There's not a lot to do. So we went to the local theater and watched this for like five bucks. Um, we would drag our friend Scotty with us of last podcast. He was the Scotty mm -hmm. who didn't know. That's the only reason why I knew that. Put song. him on the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he had to go see like all these movies. Uh, he also had to see um, Rachel McAdams' next film, which was like a couple months later, The Notebook. So oh, we could God. see a lot of, yeah, this is what we would drag him to. But yeah, I definitely remember it. We loved it at the time. Even though we were in college, like it definitely resonated with us. Yeah. Megan, what are your thoughts from back in the day? You know what? I am trying to remember if I saw it in the theater. This was my freshman year of college, so I'm going to say no because I wasn't really seeing a lot of movies. Um, but I do remember watching it quite a lot with like sorority sisters and in college, you know, with um, college roommates and stuff like that. And um, originally, I think I thought this movie was going to be very much 
more of like a clueless. Um, but I, I really like truly forgot how well-written and, um, amazing kind of the jokes and things were. So, um, I, I do remember it was like kind of like rediscovering, even though I had watched it quite a few times. Like Dave, I had also never seen this movie. I, I'd seen, what? I should say, I never, I'd never <laughs> seen a movie from start to finish. Um, watching it again, I had probably seen about 75% of it, like pieced together over the years here and there. Um, my wife watches it pretty often, and I, I'm sure I've been around enough times. There were a lot of things that I remember from this movie, but I've never like sat down to watch it from start to finish, and shame on me for that. Um, let's yeah. go around again here and uh, kind of talk about how it hit us as adults. Dave, did this make the grade for you, or should they have held this back? It was funny. It was a tight 90 minutes, which I appreciate because we've been watching these longer movies. And uh, there was some legitimately funny stuff in there. And uh, there are a lot of lines that you would think were throwaway and you'd be like, they, they just that's hilarious. That's hilarious. It was fantastic. It was a Tina Fey written masterpiece. I loved it. I'll give it, uh, I'll give it a solid A minus. All right. You can't go nice. A. You have to go A minus. You can't just say, oh, A plus. Yeah, give it an A minus. It wasn't perfect, but it was pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah, Dana, what do you think as an adult? Um, so similar lines, Dave. Um, I'm also like a Tina Fey fangirl. Um, Thirty Rock is one of my all-time favorite shows. Um, mm -hmm. I have to have a demo environment for my job, and it is all based around around Thirty Rock. And I can tell if I'm going to like working with a customer or not if they catch. Uh, some of the 30 Rock in-jokes in my demo <laughs> environment. So absolutely loved it. I forgot how hilarious. And like, it's amazing that like, it's her first screenplay. So that was going to be a fun fact, but I'll present it now. And just to see like, she was like a fully formed writer, all the cutaways that are like, you know, like in every one of the things that she does. Uh, it's amazing to see like straight from the jump. There are some problematic stuff, which we'll get to, but overall, Classic. Loved it. Um, I'll give it an A. No plus, no minus. Just Okay. Yeah. Megan, what about you? Make the grade or hold this back? Yeah, similarly, as I mentioned earlier, um, I actually like kind of rediscovered or like forgot how smart it was in terms of the humor and like connecting different things. There was, there were very few like plot holes that like weren't really intentional. Um, and sort of every like little piece it's like one of those movies where you can watch like four or five times and like every time kind of discover something that you haven't seen before and so with that i will probably give it a 94. oh boy that's, yeah. that's a solid a that's yeah. that's, that's a, a. a plus it's an a everywhere yeah you know we are all on the same page here um this made the grade for me for sure um you know, like i said never seen the whole thing start to finish. Um, and even, you know, the things that I had seen, there were a lot of things that I kind of glossed over here and there or things that I didn't pick up on. Um, one of, for me, kind of the trademarks of Tina Fey's comedy writing is joke density. 30 Rock, there's episodes that just like devolve into just joke after joke, like pack them in as much as possible. Um, this had a lot of that feel to it in certain moments where it's just like, so many things happening all at one point. Um, I'm sure we're going to get to it, but like there's a scene where Regina is standing still and the whole world is collapsing around her. 
you could watch that scene 15 times in a row and look at like a different five square foot area of that floor and see things you've never seen before. Um, really well crafted. So um, it was a lot of fun to kind of sit down and watch the whole thing straight through. And it also really made me miss like this version of Lindsay Lohan, yes. like knowing yes. what she turned into. Um, I like Megan. She was not, you know, I, whatever. Yeah. A girl crush for me too, I guess, or whatever. Like I, just I, a crush. I, we, yeah. we can just call them crushes. We don't need to uh, give them a qualifier. They <laughs> crushes. Okay. I was super in love with Lindsay Lohan for like a three or four year span of my life. And um, again, knowing kind of where that went, it was a lot of fun to go back and kind of relive why I had a thing for her in the first place. Um, and she was really good in this too. So like, it's not just like, oh, she was a smoke show back then, but also like very funny and very... Like she was emoting a lot. She was really, really good in this. So I had a lot of fun viewing this for the first time straight through. It can dovetail into fun facts, but before I started watching, I'm like, I always pull up IMDb and like look through stuff. And you know, your mention of Lindsay Lohan, like this is going to sound wild, but this is the last good film that she was in. Oh no. Can you like- What was after this? Uh, Herbie Fully Loaded was like the last big thing she did in like 2005. That's the last thing I had to crush on her in. Yeah, so like that's it. Like that's the craziness of like this star burned so bright. Like we all had such high hopes after this and like I was like oh there had to be other things and if you scroll through her IMDb it's like scary movie five uh, playing someone in a Lifetime TV movie like and you're like oh, I just hold on it fizzled out so quickly after this. That Lifetime TV movie is probably the Lifetime Elizabeth Taylor biopic that she was in. Yeah, I was uh, going to gloss over. Yeah. I was just gonna... Listen, Dick, look, if you <laughs> okay. guys haven't seen that movie, holy shit, it's so awful. She's awful in it. Um, I watch a lot of garbage. Like I watch a lot of straight up and down trash movies because they're funny to watch bad movies. My favorite kind is the one where you can tell that somebody thinks they're going to win an Oscar for it. You can watch every frame that she's in and you can tell she's like, I am back. I'm winning an Emmy for this. Like, they're going to start calling me. I'm going to be getting, they're going to offer me my own TV show after this. Like, she is so confident in that movie and it is garbage in French terms. Like, it is horrifyingly bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, it was, it, like, it is a very short window from, like, The Parent Trap, which uh, I am a Haley Mills stan, so I've never seen a Lizzie Lohan uh, version. Me too. Same. <laughs> okay. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. So I've never seen that 1998 film, whatever. It might be good. I have Disney Plus. Maybe I'll check it out. So it goes from, like, fine. that in 1998 to, like, this six years later and it's over like that was it that was all that's all she wrote i i'm not know, acknowledging herbie float fully loaded not acknowledging it i guess it makes sense because like this would have been right before paris hilton kind of became a big thing and i feel like her association with paris um more or less set her on the wrong track like she she couldn't hang and she thought she could and her whole shit fell apart and Paris and Nicole Richie just kept on cruising as she like burned up on the side of the road. She was also only like 18. So like yeah. she had no business. It was, this is like one of those like um, HBO 
recently came out with like a documentary called like child star and i'm like this is one of yep. those like oh okay this is one of those bad stories of what can happen to people it's really sad because she was magnificent um like you can like tina fey will talk about it how like we really like i think um they had her back on snl at some point a few years after this yep. and they were like trying everything they could and it's, it's really sad because she was great like what a just like a natural and it's, uh... but oprah tried oprah yeah. tried to like get her back and even that i mean i feel like we're, if we're going to talk about this whole era of like young stars the two most tragic stories are her and amanda Bynes. like both of them could have had 50 60 year long careers that were nothing but hits and they both crashed and burned in a pretty tragic way but to lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah. Does anybody like, have I, any fun facts? Yeah, like that's not a fun fact at all. And I'm sorry. I just like, uh, we had to, we had to talk about it. We had to talk about the fact that like, Couldn't this was it. it. This is it. Yeah. At 18, she topped out. Peaked but, early. Um, so one of my facts that I put in was, um, she was originally, uh, I'm just putting in Lilo, if you followed any of the gossip mags or sites, oh, that's yeah. what they called her. Oh yeah. Um, Lilo was originally uh, supposed to play Regina George, but decided to play the nice girl so the public would not base her real personality on Regina's. I don't know if it works. That's Wait. so weird. Cause, yeah, because uh, Rachel McAdams became like the nice girl after playing the mean girl. Yeah. Here, it's crazy. Yep. I, I also wonder if her career trajectory would have changed if she had played Regina. Mm, probably. So many guys. Do we know if this was a case where they were originally going to have McAdams play Katie and they flip-flopped, or was somebody else going to um, play the Katie character originally? I think they also had someone else for Katie, and now I can't remember who it was. Mm. Um, because I think once uh, Lindsay opted out, they had to find a, a new Regina, I think. But I don't know who they originally... Might have been... Well, I know like Scarlett Johansson was also, I think, mm. doing oh. something around this. Huh. So, again, uh, I could probably pull it up. I don't feel like it. So we'll just throw it out there. That it was something. Um, but talking about, because it was like Amanda Seyfried's first movie. I'll do one more, a couple more. This is just, we haven't talked about the ridiculousness of like casting people in teen movies. Yeah. Uh, Rachel McAdams is eight years older than Lindsay Lohan. She was born in 1978. Full um adult. Playing, yeah she was like 26 <laughs> years old she's been 25 26 yeah yeah playing a teenager and amy poehler is playing her mother rachel mcadams mother and uh amy's only seven years older than rachel yeah. so this is one of the things we haven't talked about in a while so i just want to bring up the weirdness that happens with ages in i think when it comes to women in general in film yeah. but just calling it out in this one i also oh, think those amy, are that's Amy Poehler tends to play like, like a very wide range of ages too, like just mm -hmm. in general in her career. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that Rachel McAdams is 26 is wild. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, it, it reminds me of um, John Tucker. We were kind of, you know, thrown off by the, I think it was a 13 year age gap between Brittany Snow and uh, Jenny McCarthy. Seven is, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. horrifying. That's yeah. not okay. Seven. Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, now that we've gotten through all the fun facts and all and some tragic shit, uh, Dana, you want to get us going on this recap here? Where do you want to start? Um, yeah, so this was a tough one because um, there is so much. <laughs> uh, there's so many sight gags. There's so many things. Um, 
I'm going to throw out this question. We did this last week and we never got an answer on it, but I will remember to bring it back. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so like, it's something that, again, I think it's in our constantly in our minds, but we never actually talk about, but like, how would, uh, you know, today's technology changes film, like social media, iPhones, any of this shit, does it become a horror movie instead, or, uh, sorry, someone else say, because my Jersey accent is, uh, Oh, just it. do it. <laughs> become a horror, horror, a horror, horror movie? A horror, horror movie. A horror movie, is that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some sort okay. of menacing film if it's you know we use today's technology yeah. so i feel like with social media this movie would be so much more brutal like yeah. you would have regina george subtweeting poor gretchen all the time mm-hmm. um she might start an instagram just like put up images from the burn book anonymously every yeah, couple there, of days that would be there would definitely be like a deep reddit thread happening. oh yeah yeah um yeah. I also think, um, and I think this could be done for a number of these teen movies. If you wanted to, you could turn this pretty easily into like a deep psychological thriller because you would just have Regina tormenting Katie and then Katie turning the tables, going like way over the top and driving Regina to willingly throw herself in front of the bus to end it all. <laughs> like you could really, because with social media and like, I mean, get a burner phone, you're calling her yeah. all hours of the night, spilling all of her secrets. This could get dark so easily with yeah. today's technology instead of just like a, a physical burn book that gets lost in somebody's bookshelf. So that's weird. So like in, in an analog world, they just break into clicks and kind of just make fun of each other on the download. But in a digital world, it'd be a lot Oof. Jesus. Okay. Yes. It'd be a lot darker. Like I had, uh, when you talked about like faking per- per- like personas and stuff, I had a coworker who's like, her daughter is just very quirky, very weird. Like at the time she's in middle school. So she would just like create fake uh, Instagram accounts all the time and use them to mess with people. And she like oh. actually got in trouble. Oh, troll kids. They got troll kids now. That's great. <laughs> she just thought it was funny. Like she just couldn't, understand like the implication of it all and she once got in trouble because a classmate started sending pictures to this fake instagram that she created that was like based off of her cousin and it was just like this whole thing and this girl started sending inappropriate content to my co-worker's oh, daughter's <laughs> fake account and it was like a oh, whole no. thing it was so and i'm just like wow so that's where that's where i was like really thinking like that was five years ago, six years ago now, because that girl's now going to college. Um, but I was just like, yeah, like with the ability of today's technology, like this, this movie is much, much darker. Um, yeah. So I'm glad we're all on the same page. Um, <laughs> uh, we discussed this off air, but um, it's the plot, if you guys are, you know, fans of the show and you've listened to other episodes, it is very similar to... Uh, John Tucker Must Die, which I also mm-hmm. called out when we were talking about John Tucker. I just think this is done a little bit more cleanly, I guess, because it's not a like lot. a dating thing, and it's just a better written film. It's just, um, it's just like smarter. Like, yeah, you know, it's it, the John Tucker Must Die was like good, but like you you could basically have fallen asleep for like fifteen minutes and still have gotten it. This one, like, there's just like so much content and and stuff that. Um, it's like a better version. And I think Regina is so much more deserving of what she gets than John Tucker was. John Tucker was like a dickhead who Mm -hmm. dated 
multiple girls at the same time. Regina is out here to ruin as many lives as she can, like on purpose. Like she's yeah. purposely hurting people as often as she can. Yeah, like just the straight genius of Rachel McAdams, which we'll cover. I don't want to like go into all of the amazing performances, yeah. but she is, again, because she's a grown-ass adult playing a kid, <laughs> so she gets it. She gets the subtlety. Um, so, you know, well, I'm gonna, we're going to try to stay on track. We could probably talk about this movie for forever. Um, I do just want to call out uh, in the beginning, you know, as I mentioned in the uh, random Google synopsis, uh, Lindsay Lohan plays this girl named Katie, whose uh, parents were um, researchers in, on the continent of Africa. We'll talk about which one. On the continent of Africa for yep. her whole entire life. So she was homeschooled. I'm only bringing that up because uh, talking about homeschool kids, they're either freaks or religious weirdos. And you get a really amazing moment where they, again, cut to, because it's Tina Fey, uh, some religious kids saying, you know, on the third day, God created the Remington Bull action rifle so that <laughs> men could fight the dinosaurs and the homosexuals. I love that scene so much. These little, like, hillbilly inbred kids for 10 seconds of this movie. Yeah, I wrote that down 100%. And I like yeah. rewound it to make sure I got it correct. I was like, where are they going to go with this? Are they going to hate the homosexuals? Oh, they're going to hate homosexuals. Yeah, because you, you have to be able to fight off dinosaurs because we all roam oh to Earth God. at the same time. Um, I'm pretty sure that kid, uh -huh. I, didn't, I didn't check, but I feel very confident that kid pops up in uh, Talladega Nights, The Legend of Ricky Bobby. Um, Sound, that sounded right? like it. Oh, so, I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. Yeah, come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> probably yeah. is the same kid. Yeah, I think it's the same kid. Um, <laughs> so, um, it's Katie's first day of school. She goes to school, her homeroom. Um, Tina Fey is her um, homeroom teacher. She winds up bumping into Tina Fey, knocking uh, a coffee on her. I only point that out because there's a really funny line with Tim Meadows. This might be the part where I do my Tim Meadows appreciation. Uh, but spills a coffee. Katie's very lost. She's trying to figure out where to sit. And uh, Janice and Damien were introduced to them. They try to help her figure out where to sit. Um, so that's where she kind of starts this budding friendship with them. And then Tim Meadows comes in to announce we have a new student. Um, gosh, I feel like we could talk. We could start with like uh, potent quotables and problematic sh shit straight from here, but we're not. We're not going to do it because there's a lot in this scene. But um <laughs> we're gonna hold off on it we're gonna hold off we're gonna hold off but he wants to introduce her um and this is where i'm gonna talk about tim meadows because he's like we have a new student from africa tina fey looks at the only black girl in the class and goes welcome and the girl's like i'm from like indiana or from michigan. detroit or michigan, michigan. Yeah, wherever yeah. the hell it was so like, good. oh it's so bad and she's so, like of course you are <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it winds up being you know lily white uh Lizzie Lohan is the kid from pale. Africa, very pale child with bright red hair. Um, and her name is Katie, but it's spelled C-A-D-Y. And she comments that like, oh, it's Katie, not Caddy. And Tim Meadows, this is where it starts. I just fucking love Tim Meadows. But he's just like, oh, no, I totally understand. Because I have a nephew named Anthony. And he's really <laughs> when I call him Anthony. Even it's like just as mad as I get when I realize my sister named him Anthony, and you're just like, ah, oh, Tim Meadows, so deadpan when he does it. It's amazing. He's then, so great. It was, it's he's so great. good. Yeah, I wrote down that. Mine too. Yeah, 
my notes just say I miss Tim Meadows so much. Like I know he's on, um, I think it's called Back to School, like the Goldberg spinoff now. Mm. And he's playing basically this exact same role. He's the principal of that school. Um, I, I love the Goldbergs. I don't watch Back to School because I think that's, it's either Ali or AJ Machaka, whichever one plays the main role. I don't love her. And also, they, they had like a standalone episode that was supposed to lead into the spinoff that was starring Nia Long. Um, and it was hilarious. And then they just did not go with that. <laughs> Instead, cast AJ Machalka or Ali, whichever one that is. And I'm just like, well, this is... I was so pumped to have Nia Long back on TV and you give me this instead. But yeah, Tim Meadows um, is basically playing the same role in that movie. And my notes are like, he's got a backstory that I want to know more of. He drops a couple little things here and there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a point where he grabs a baseball bat and is like, yeah. I didn't need the South Side for this. <laughs> there's a, there's a yes. backstory with this so character that I need to a... know more about. Oh, hell no. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's so good. I think I only wrote down Tim Meadows lines, but we'll get to potent quotables. But there's also like he introduces her, whatever, and then he's getting ready to leave. And as I said, uh, Tina Fey had coffee spilled on her, and I think they're having some sort of conversation. And it's just like, yeah, let's let's talk when my shirt isn't see through. And Tim Meadows just takes a beat to like look down, down at her shirt. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, and then leaves. And I was just like, yes, Tim Meadows. Like, it's He's so subtle. So many uh, little things he does. Yeah, and it might have been in the script, but it's still pretty fantastic. So that's some of the initial people we meet. Um, you know, she has a hard time adjusting because she's used to being homeschooled. Um, Katie runs into uh, Damien and Janice later. They convince her not to go to health class, which... It's, co- it's taught by Coach Carr. We'll get into some of his lines later. Uh, but she, she didn't miss much. Um, so then we go to lunch and we're brought into the cafeteria where, you know, yeah. apparently, I don't know, I went to a high school where like we only had so much space in the cafeteria. So like it didn't really matter where you sat. You sat where you could find a seat. So like it was just very different for me. So I don't, I feel like in a lot <laughs> of the teen movies we watch, it's a lot of like, oh my God, the trepidation of we're here to sit in the cafeteria. It's like, Wherever you can is my experience, but. We didn't, our cafeteria wasn't, we had a lot of space, um, but also lunch for us wasn't really lunch. Um, They called it option. So you could hang out, you can go get lunch. You can hang out by your Mm -hmm. lockers. We had um, class houses where like, you had the same office for um, all four years. And it was like the same secretaries and guidance counselors in the same part of the school for all four years. So like you would, you can go to your class house if you wanted to hang out with your guidance counselor or whatever. Like you could do whatever you wanted to do. Listen, we had, we had a, a cool Nerd. guidance counselor, um, not our class. I forget who ours was, but I think he was a year. I have no Spike idea was cool. who ours was to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But I was in Spike's office often. Spike was cool. Um, but in middle school, I don't know if Megan, you remember this, there was a problem with lunch. So heading into eighth grade, we had to have assigned seating at lunch in middle school. I remember it being like a, yeah, I don't know yeah. what happened. I forget was, what led to it. It was our class because we had it in um, sixth grade as well. Yeah, something happened where they were like, all right, like you have to sign up for where you're going to sit and who you're going to sit with and you're there for the whole year. So it was very like nerve wracking to pick out your couple of good friends you wanted to sit mm-hmm. next to for the entire year and like, Better hope you guys don't have a fight because you can't sit anywhere else. 
I think it was for it was for half a year. Was it for the semester? No. Yeah. Is that what a half a year is? Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Than that. Someone took a dump somewhere they weren't supposed to. Probably. In the people were leaving. Someone did something gross. They're just like, oh. Oh, I bet. I bet like Andy Brady and Paul Brooks and then we're just like leaving school at lunchtime. I bet probably, yeah. Which, uh-huh. which is interesting because um, my, my sixth grade year, I sat with Crystal Violet and Amy McIntosh. Oh, and, I love Crystal Violet. Yeah. Um, but I think Andy and <laughs> Jordan may have sat with us too. I don't know. Very... Andy's in prison now. Yeah. <laughs> Andy's in prison and never getting out, I'm pretty sure. No, really? He's... He's been locked up since graduation. He was running like a heroin ring or whatever at his parents' house, and they had a sting operation. He's been in prison for a long time. You know, stay away from the heroin. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Bad stuff. Anyhow. Well, uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, lunch can be dangerous times. Um, you might meet <laughs> a, you know, future heroin de- dealer. Uh, but in this movie, um, Janice creates a map for, the, for Katie and tries to warn her of all the different cliques that exist in the North Shore cafeteria. So with that, let's break down the click house or enter the click house. I don't know, whatever sounds right. They have a lot of clicks in this one. So we're going to do it a little bit differently this time. I'm going to give a rundown of all the different clicks that we have represented on this map that Janice drew, which would have taken hours. Like it's, a, yeah. it's got shading on it. It's got, I mean, this is a huge sheet of like butcher paper. Like this was a lot it. of work. She just had it ready to go. She's like, oh, here, yeah. welcome, new girl that I just met three hours ago in homeroom. Here is a map. I'm a professional. Somebody, I'm a lunchroom cartographer. I'm very right. This is fantastic. As somebody it. who illustrates a lot, um, that would have taken me like a weekend to make. So it's, <laughs> it's a lot of work she did. Um, okay, so a handful of these don't have any kind of representation because they're talked about on the map before we actually get the visual of the lunchroom. So when we get to the ones that have uh, representation. I'll talk about that as well. And then at the end of this, I want to know who you guys wanted to see more of as the movie went on. All right. So there's the freshmen, the ROTC guys, the preps, the JV jocks, the Asian nerds. There are the cool Asians represented by a tan Asian girl showing off her belly button ring. There are the varsity jocks. I can describe this as two dudes mashing their heads together. I don't know what they were trying to prove, but <laughs> they were button heads. Uh, the unfriendly black hotties, they just stare directly into the camera, make judgy faces. Uh, there's the girl who eats, the girls who eat their feelings. Um, I'm pretty sure this girl, she's putting two Reese's cups on a bagel with strawberry cream cheese, which, Ooh. I mean, that's a lot. I thought it was like a sandwich and then they put like an egg roll on top of the sand or something. Who the fuck is she? Bologna sandwich and they put a Twinkie or it was like an egg roll or something on top of it. Jesus. Whatever it was, that was a yeah. lot. Um, that, I, either way, that's, no. <laughs> that is followed up directly by the girls who don't eat anything. Um, five it's just four girls. One Diet Coke. One Diet yeah, Coke five sharing a Diet Coke. Uh, there are the desperate wannabes who we actually see kind of on and off throughout the movie. There's a girl in a wheelchair. There's a dwarf. There's a girl who is excited uh, that Regina punched her in the face one time. So that's kind yeah. of fun. Uh, there's the burnouts, which is a girl laughing at a fork full of salad. There are the sexually active band geeks. Uh, oh, yeah. Just three couples going to town on each other. Um, then we get the greatest people you'll ever meet, which are Janice and Damien, and the worst, which are the plastics. So 
of those clicks, who did you guys wish we got more of throughout this movie? I'm going to say the unfriendly black hotties. I think they would have had a really interesting take on some of the shit that was going down with um, yeah. the, uh, the other girls, the plastics. Hmm. Um, I, I know like, so we have the nerd, like the Asian nerds and then the cool Asians. Are there friendly black uggos? Like, I just would love to see nope. the clips. Out. Okay, no, okay. Um, <laughs> no. That would, that's the, honestly, that's the group I want to see, the friendly black egos. Um, but since that doesn't apparently exist, I want to know more about the desperate wannabes. Like, uh, we get to see them throughout, but yeah. That's like, fucking what, fun. Yeah, like, what, what's going on in their lives? What do they do on the weekend? Yeah. What okay. Is- Dave, how about you? Dude, the sexually active band geeks, if that's what they're doing in front of people, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what do they do in private? My goodness. I gracious. am on. I'm on the same page with you. I, they never come back up. Like some of these come back up. The cool Asians come back up. Um, one of the girls who eats her feelings comes back up. The desperate yeah. wannabes are in a handful of scenes. I wanted more of the sexually active band geeks. And I also wondered, there's a couple of uh, ginger kids who make out in homeroom, like aggressively and yeah. I think angrily is the best way to put it. And I wondered if they were also part of that same clique, but it very much reminds me of like Allison Hannigan in um, American Pie, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of trope of the band geeks who fuck around the clock. So would have been fun to get a couple of scenes of them like being gross in the background of the hallway or whatever. Would have been good, but see, that's like they gave us a little bit, but they didn't try to waste too much time trying to keep it tight. Joke density again yeah. with the joke density. Yeah. So um, that's the map that we are introduced to. Uh, and even though the plastics are mentioned as the worst, they seem to take an interest in Katie because some dude is like skeezing on her. Um, he asked if her uh, muffin is buttered. Uh, and apparently the original line was supposed to be, is your cherry popped? But it was too uh, graphic. Oh, oh. very, very gross. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's not even subtle. No. Junior high school, yes. Yeah. 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 So it was supposed to be, is your cherry popped? But instead they went, is your muffin buttered? It's so a better line. Yeah, so the dude is skeezing on her. Regina comes to her defense, and it's just very, you know, unsettling because Regina's supposed to be this bitch because that's what Janice says. Um, and we start to see some of, you know, how Regina works because she's like, oh, you, you're really pretty. And it's like, oh, thank you. So you think you're really pretty? Or, oh, I love this bracelet. Like, we're starting to see her subtle, subtle Man- ways of getting people. Manipulative ways? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes, that's the word I couldn't think of. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of, we get to see a little bit of that groundwork. Uh, you know, even though Katie seems really interested in going to hang out with Janice and Ian, she sits with the plastics and they invite her to hang out with them more, which she is a little bit reluctant about. But Janet thinks it's a really great idea. It's a way for Katie to infiltrate the plastics, maybe do some Regina sabotage. Katie's not really sure, but she goes along with it. Um, now, um, off the air, we were talking before about uh, Megan's girl group from high school. And I think we kind of stumbled onto the shared conclusion that you guys did have a queen bee. Uh, we talked about her in a previous episode because she went shopping with Megan for prom dresses and then bought the same one that Megan bought anyway. No, <laughs> so, it's that um, girl? Ooh. Yes, that is some queen bee behavior. Megan, uh, how similar was your queen bee 
to Regina George? So it's interesting. We, we had like a, a similar group of friends from I would say like seventh grade through senior year. There was like some influx of different people. And I think um, in, in like seventh grade and eighth grade, I think like there were times where we like shifted the queen bee role, if you will. Um, but she kind of took on, you know, the full on queen bee role. And, uh, you reminded me of this. I like completely forgot about it, but I, one summer for whatever reason, I think she was going to like soccer camp or something. Um, she turned to us and said, like, can you guys not hang out or have any fun while I'm gone? Because I don't want to miss out on anything. And it was just kind of like very, very similar to something I would imagine Regina to, instead of ask, you know, enforce, uh, yeah. for lack of a better reason or, or word. Um, but yeah, so I guess we had a, I, a queen bee, if you will. If I you think know. we were at your house when that happened. Um, yeah. And I, I remember us all like laughing, which said, no guys, I'm serious. Like, I don't want to come back and have you guys like have had all these fun memories and inside jokes that I wasn't there for. So like, please don't all hang out while I'm gone. And we were like, oh, <laughs> like that's, come off the top rope a little bit yeah um yeah so i guess there are mean girls in every sort of smaller group because we were definitely not like you know the, the queen of the school by any means well we should point out um you uh were in the gifted program all through middle school and that's kind of where this click came together um i was in the gifted program for eighth grade only. So I was the only new kid in a very self-contained group of kids. And um, in that group of kids, you guys were the popular kids. Like in this, there were like 50 of us. So we were a very small part of the school, but in that grouping, you guys were like the best looking and coolest girls in the group. So she was very much a big fish in a small pond. And I think because the group stayed together all through high school, she never had to shift that role. Like she got to stay the coolest kid. And you know what? She wasn't even that cool, but like the dominant force in that group for mm -hmm. many, many, many years. I did, I did a really mean girl thing though to her one time. Oh. <laughs> I told her that she had a, there was a new girl in class that I really liked and that she was sharing her locker with her or like with me or something like that. And it, this went on for two weeks and I convinced everyone to go along with it and say that there was this new girl that she like just missed because they were like two, basically enough kids to have like two different classes. Um, yeah, and she, she did not like that. But. Oh man, that, okay. It was very That's mean, fantastic. And I can very much envision her like scoping out your locker and trying to make excuses to like leave class to walk past it and see if she was there. Mm -hmm. That would have driven her nuts. Kudos to you, Megan. Fucking Thank diabolical. You. Yeah, it was seventh grade. I was a real bitch. That is amazing. I think on that, I will say this, this movie is based off of a book, like a nonfiction book written about girls, like teenage girls. It's called like Queen Bees or whatever. So yeah. About seventh grade, Megan. Yeah, it's written. Yeah, it was uh, written by the mother of this girl that you guys were talking about. And TFA <laughs> turned it into a comedy. Um, so yeah, it exists in all groups, whether we would like it to or not. Um, but you know, Katie Lilo is adopted into the uh, plastics, and she gets to go to her first lunch 
where she learns the rules of being a plastic, which are, if I can fill this up correctly, um, you, can, you can't wear a tank top two days in a row. Okay. You can only wear your hair in a ponytail one day a week. So I guess today is your day. Uh, <laughs> jeans or track pants may only be worn on Fridays. Uh, of course, they always wear pink on Wednesdays. And um, I think Gretchen even says, like, you may think you like someone, but you don't really know until you, like, run it by the group. So yeah. it's just, like, a lot of, yeah. uh, you know, psychological warfare, because that's what girls do. Um, so Katie's learning. This is all new to her. This is what she slowly starts to call girl world throughout the rest of the film. Um, but it's, like, you might think you like an outfit, but you need to check with <laughs> us, right? And it's, it's uh, wow, it's, it's a thing. Uh, I, like, revolted hard against being part of a girl group after I graduated, like, high school. I was, like, I'm done with this shit. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I have a hard time. Yeah, I was just like, I'm, I'm over this. But, you know, she follows the rules. She wears pinks. She winds up borrowing a giant shirt from Damien. Remember that that happens because Damien mm-hmm. will bring it up later. He um, did not forget. He did not forget. Um, and they get to go to the mall. Uh, I think there's a, a great uh, Regina line that we'll mention later with that. But they go to the mall. Uh, you know, Katie's whole frame of reference through a lot of the movie is equating it to um, Africa the monolithic space. Um, again, we'll talk about it. Um, and you get to see a little bit more of Regina's ruthless, ruthlessness here uh, because a guy that Gretchen likes is there talking to another girl and Regina uh, calls that girl's mother's, calls that girl's home. Again, this is you know back in the day where you could just be like, I'm going to call your house because everybody knew each other's house phone numbers. You just no, it was through information. Yeah, but still, like, I feel like nowadays people don't have home phones. Like, who does that? Um, But she calls via information, pretends to be Planned Parenthood to get uh, Taylor, whatever the hell her name is, in trouble. Again, it's just shit that, like, I couldn't ever, would never have thought of when I was. That's a HIPAA violation, man. You can't do that. That's personal identifiable information saying, I'm calling from Planned Parenthood specifically for this person, and I have to talk to them. Test results. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a call back. Great. This was this was the moment where I'm like, okay, so you're not like a regular villain. You're like a mustache twirling cartoon villain. Like this is Mm -hmm. this is tying a damsel to the train tracks type shit you're doing here. That's what Rachel does. It's she's but she makes it like it's so over the top, but she plays it with such like subtlety that it's pretty great. Um, and there wasn't even like a moment where I have to think about my plan. It was like, oh, I already know what I'm doing. Like, the, it's, this is so easy for me kind of shit. It was wild. Yeah. Straight up like psychopath. It's pretty yeah. amazing to watch. Um, so then we went up at Regina's house where we get to meet her cool mom, uh, Amy mm-hmm. Potter. She's not like a regular mom. She's a cool mom. A cool mom. Um, with really fake boobs <laughs> that the girls warn her about. They're very hard. A dog winds up nibbling on a nipple. She can't even tell because they're just so terrible. Um, again, more ways that Katie learns um, about girl world, where the girls all complain about different parts of their bodies that she had never thought about. It was like skinny, fat, pimples, no pimples. And then it was like, my elbows are weird. I have fan hands, all this shit. And it's just very bizarre. Um, <laughs> and then we get to, we are introduced to the burn book, where you write really horrible things about other girls from your school or life in general in this book. Just What's to have them. Yeah, just to have it. I thought it was like a form of therapy for her. She's like, I have all these feelings and thoughts about people. I'm going to put them in a book just to get them out of my head. But she's also... Very generous, Dave. 
I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm trying here. I don't know. There's a couple things um, from that scene that I wanted to really quick touch on. One is the casting of um, Amy Poehler in this role. I feel like it would have been really easy to go with, like, you know, previous mom, Jenny McCarthy, or, like, Jennifer Coolidge, who played Stifler's mom and played Paulette Legally Blonde, like, a classic me. Oh, wow. Jennifer yeah. Coolidge? Oh. <laughs> She's one of my favorites. She's great. It would have been very easy to cast like a woman who we are familiar with playing a super attractive, sexy role. I love Amy Poehler. Even when she is as um, Leslie Nope, who is like among my favorite characters and at times is very adorable. I've never considered her to be like a sex symbol kind of a character. Mm-hmm. And to watch her in this role, she's giving it her all. She is so like in on this character. I had so much fun watching her. That's a stroke of casting genius, not to go with like, you know, Carmen Electra as this mom, but to go with Amy Poehler. And then also, um, we should quick touch on Regina's sister, who is in maybe 30 seconds of the movie and both times is doing super inappropriate shit just in the background. Uh, When they first show her, she is dancing very provocatively for a seven-year-old to Milkshake by Khalees. Later on, she's pretending she's a girl gone wild, which is also not okay for a kid. But just, I think that is one of those like Tina Fey joke dense things that we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to really expand upon it, but understand that this is the kind of household that produced Regina. So we understand why she is the way that she is. Yeah. It's also where like you go to Regina's bedroom and she's in like the master suite and it's like, cause I yeah, asked I made my them parents, trade. I made them trade. So yeah, we're, we're definitely right. getting to see where she comes from. Um, also within the scene or this section of the film that I kind of broke it up into, um, we see our first, I'm calling them the three-way sting call. Um, again, yeah. something that I don't know if you could do nowadays where Regina is talking to Katie. Um, we didn't talk about it, but uh, Katie admits to Gretchen that she has a crush on Aaron Samuels, um, mm. who is Regina's ex-boyfriend. Gretchen tells Regina, so then Regina calls and is like, oh, I heard you like Aaron. And Katie like, is a little nervous about it. But Gretchen, uh, Regina's like, no, I'll talk to him. It's totally fine. We're not together anymore. And Katie thinks that's great because she doesn't know any better. Um, and then Regina tries to get Katie to admit something like, it's not innocuous, but like Katie's just like, yeah, whatever. But it's just like, isn't it kind of bitchy that Gretchen told me? And Katie's like, yeah, whatever. I don't really give a fuck. You're going to stop to Aaron for me? Great. Um, but she gets her to say, yes, it was bitchy. And then Katie hangs up because she's really excited because now she's going to get to maybe get to, to be with the boy of her dreams. And Regina's just like, did you hear that? Katie thought you were bitchy, Gretchen. So it's just like Amazing. this interesting. Yeah. So that will come back into play. But it's just like, Katie didn't want to admit it. But it, it sets her up already. Um, so three-way sting, it'll come back. Um, and then we're, I'm just calling this the month of October because, uh, you know, October 3rd becomes like a holiday now because Katie's trying to talk to Aaron Samuels in her math class and he asked her what day it was. And she's like, it's October 3rd. Um, so now people highlight that on the social medias because... <laughs> Yeah, this October I will too, since there's nothing happening in October is my favorite month. So, yeah. Um, But this, you know, kind of goes into it nicely because, uh, you know, 
Katie winds up getting invited to a party that Erin is going to because, you know, just sitting behind him is not enough. She has to start playing dumb, have him explain math to her. Uh, and he, you know, is like, hey, uh, we're having this Halloween party. You should come. So she decides to go, um, not realizing, you know, again, this is one of those cases of girl world uh, <laughs> where um, it's the one end of the year that you can dress slutty and no one can say any anything about you. Um, she was unaware of this, where girls just wear lingerie and ears. She decided to go full out and go into a costume. She goes to the party dressed as an ex-wife, so she's wearing a wedding dress, looks kind of dead with gross teeth, and everybody freaks out at her the whole entire time, because they're like, ugh, why do you look so ugly? Um, I thought this, a... I thought this, this, is, this is the Halloween costume I do. I think we talked about this in the last episode somehow. <laughs> I think yeah. we did. Mm -hmm. There's a, a really brief shot. It lasts like three seconds of Regina's dad looking like full on devastated at what his daughter has become. And um, I, I paused it and just like marveled at the sad, like broken look on his face. And <laughs> she's like, oh no, this is what happened. It was a very, another like joke dance, very quick and funny thing that I, that I really appreciated. Yeah, he looks like horrified. Like, there's nothing yeah. I can do to stop my daughter from being a whore. Um, mm -hmm. Which I, I also have feelings about that. The use of slut and whore in this movie is quite intense. It's um, but she goes to this party. Um, she runs into Aaron. He's going to grab her drink. Uh, but then Regina's there. And she's, like, trying to be like, hey, Katie's really into you. And she expects... Uh, Aaron to not be into this. I don't know why. Uh, Lindsay Lohan is a, I think you guys mentioned, uh, she's a smoke show at this time. Why yeah, wouldn't he be super, into this? Super attractive. Girl? <laughs> this um, hot girl is like in love with me. It's amazing. Like, yeah, why would you be like, oh great. no. Yeah. So right. then Regina has to flip the switch and be like, well, she's like really obsessed with you. She writes her name all over your notebook, all this stuff. And then she just kisses him. Katie sees this, freaks out because she's just like, what the fuck? You're supposed to be talking to him on my behalf. And then this is when she decides, I'm all in. Let's get Regina. So she <laughs> gets in cahoots with Janice and Damien. They devise a plan. Uh, and, you know, this is where the sabotage begins. They this, is like, this is like the John Tucker must die, like mirror image 100%. situation. Mm. Yeah. Sabotage yeah. montage. They, they just stole it. Yeah. They just fully stole. Gonna need a montage. But yeah, they even stole it from this. I feel like. Uh, yeah. It's got to be a sabotage montage. Um, uh -huh. And the big, the three keys are: you got to get rid of Erin. She has to lose her hot bod, and you need to get rid of her army of skanks. So they try. <laughs> I don't know that they're skanks. That's unfair. Right? It's Army. unfair, but that is that is uh, verbatim from the script. It was written oh, on the yeah. chalkboard. This is what happens. I would play one of them skanks. Um, and they try. They try their darndest, but Regina's Teflon. They give her face cream, you know, foot cream to be face cream. Erin thinks it smells delicious. They try to sabotage her outfit by cutting out the holes right over her nipples and her t-shirt. Everybody thinks it's great. Everybody in the school starts wearing this outfit. <laughs> Just, nothing sticks. Nothing sticks. And they realize in order to make this work, you gotta crack Gretchen wieners. So <laughs> Gretchen. around Christmas, they decide, uh, you know, there's these candy canes you can give out. I think my school did the same thing. Candy canes at this time yeah. of year, like flowers at Valentine's Day, whatever. I don't think I ever got any. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Neither did I. And so they're like, this, the plan is to get all these candy canes. Gretchen and Katie have a, a class together. Gretchen doesn't get one. But there's some great lines. We can get some quote, quotables in these, cam these uh, potent quotables because Damien comes in and goes, Ball for you, Glenn Coco. <laughs> Good for you, Glenn Coco. <laughs> you go, Glenn Coco. Coco. Uh, that, I, I mentioned my wife loves this movie. She uses that line on a very regular basis. And the first time she said it, I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. And the look of judgment she gave me was ice cold. Like it was, she was like, what do you mean you don't know who Glenn Coco is? I'm like, I don't know. What, what is that? Um, uh. The... The IMDb yeah. research, Glenn Coco is a real person that Tina Fey is friends with. Oh, of course. <laughs> you go, Glenn Coco. Um, Glenn Coco. The, the list of quotes in this movie could go for days and days. I'm going to just take two. Um, and they are both Coach Carr quotes because we're going to come right. back around to him. I, I openly laughed at both of these because of his delivery and because I didn't know what was going to happen with this character at the end. So I, I feel bad now that I found these so funny. Um, but the first time we see him, his quote is, don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? Okay. Everybody take some rubbers. <laughs> so that one is, he looks so scared delivering all those lines and then the second one um, comes later on in the movie he says at your age you're going to have a lot of urges you're going to want to throw your clothes off and touch each other but if you do touch each other you will get chlamydia and die and I'm just like we I feel like we got lucky because we had a very good sex ed program at our school like there was none of this there was none of the we were for sure not an abstinence only program thank god but uh yeah, watching him deliver both of those lines, I like them a lot. That was a funny, a funny little side character they wrote for him. Yeah, that's yeah. It's hard because he is so hilarious, but then you're like, oh, this is. It's bad. I wrote, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, anybody else want to throw some lines out? Yeah, Dam Damien, there, there's this one part where because he gets to use the women's bathroom. Apparently, it's not a problem in there. He just goes in there and. and and he walks out of the stall, someone calls him out, and he's like, oh my God, Danny DeVito, I love your work. I was like, that was so good. Up. Jesus Christ. It um, was so quick. A lot of good Tim Meadows. Uh, that, that line about the South Side, it's just, when, when he says that, I'm like, Hell no. there's, there's so much <laughs> going on below the surface. So, Katie, uh, some girls say they saw her head go all the way around. I'm not going to say what it's related to now. <laughs> I'm like, she said, I'm like, gee, that's kind of funny. That's, that's real funny. <laughs> um, oh, uh, come quick. They've gone wild. The girls have gone wild. Like, that's, that's so appropriate for this time period. So it meant us at a very specific time. Uh, um, again. Yeah. I, I'm going to only take three. Oh, okay. I have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Three. There, were, there were plenty. Um, another Tim Meadows, just pivoting off of that. I should cancel your sp spring fling, but I'm not going to do that because we've already paid the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, he also has a line right before that. And then I, this is the one. There's like, I will keep you here all night if I have to. And she's like, we can only keep them here till four. I will keep you here till four. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, sorry, um, Megan, keep going. <laughs> 
Oh, there's so many good ones. <laughs> At the beginning when he was uh, interacting with Tina Fey and he goes, how was your summer? And she goes, I got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> you win then. You win. <laughs> I win. And then she goes, I win. At the yeah, end of the world. I <laughs> um, I, this, this one might be a problematic one. So I feel like I should... Okay, I'm going to do two more and then I'm done. Um, I forget what Karen's saying, but somebody goes, oh my God, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white. <laughs> she was like, if you're, if you're in Africa, why are you white? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gretchen. Uh, and then the final one um, is another, is another um, uh, plastics one. Regina says, well, I was a half virgin when I met him. Yeah, curious what that meant. <laughs> curious what half. Oh, those are good. I'm gonna like, this is really hard for me. I will pick, t I, well, I guess I already said the one earlier about Gretchen's hair is so big because it's full of uh, uh, secrets. Um, I uh, am also just a big fan of later in the movie, um, it's when uh, Jenna says this to Katie. Uh, you smell like a baby prostitute. Um, mm -hmm. I have a really hard time wearing perfume because I'm always like, oh, I smell like a baby prostitute. <laughs> it's like a very fine line over like too sweet or not. Um, oh man, I, I feel like I had one more and now I can't remember, but that's the thing. There are like so many good lines. Um, I think I said earlier when they go to the mall, Regina's like, get in loser, we're going shopping. Yeah. Yeah, there's just, uh, it's just a lot. There's just yeah. a lot of good, good lines. I really thought I had one more and now I can't even. Oh, just well, when Damien shouts later. She doesn't even go here. And yeah, that's like mm -hmm. iconic. I was going to say, there's, there's a couple of, a couple of very iconic lines. I feel like that. I don't even think I knew any of these were from this movie. So get a loser with going shopping was one of them. Um, of course, Why Are You So Obsessed With Me by Regina mm -hmm. is, I, I don't know if this was, I think this was before the Mariah Carey song. Yeah. It was. So, yeah, so that's a good one. Um, there's also uh, my friend um, Brooke, I think, had this in her like AIM quotes for a while, but Boo You Whore by Regina was one that um, I did not know was from this. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, again, she doesn't even go here. And the Tina Fey line How many of you have ever felt personally victimized by Regina George? I feel like all of those lines have like come up and been parodied in other things and like turned into other stuff. Didn't I, I knew that Regina Jordan was from this, but this movie, super well written. Um, there's one more I'm gonna toss out, and then we can jump back into this. But it's it, I think it was the moment that made me laugh the absolute most in this movie was Damien, um, they're busting Katie later on in the movie at her party, and he's like, Janice, I cannot stop this car, I have a curfew. And just like <laughs> watching him go like a half mile per hour because he can't stop <laughs> just, he was so scared and so panicked if you didn't throw that in i was gonna throw that in because i felt like i it just spoke to me it's you it is me that was you in the volvo yeah. just like i can't stop this is why i didn't have a curfew because he's like janice it is 110 my curfew is 1 a.m <laughs> it's so good he was like a nervous wreck like he was genuinely in a panic state over this yeah so many good ones um yeah, those are our ones. We'll probably, we'll attempt to throw some of them up in gifts. I know they exist. Um, oh, yeah. 
But so we have the candy canes. Uh, Gretchen does not get one, even though it looks like uh, Regina gives one to everyone. Um, so then she's already on edge. Why is Regina giving? She doesn't even like you that much, Katie. Why would she send you a candy cane? So crap. No offense. Yeah, no offense. But that's a chip in the armor there. And then they're at the winter talent show where the girls are going to perform apparently the same routine they've been doing since middle school, which is uh, <laughs> Janice's choreography. Um, and normally Gretchen's in the middle, but Regina has her move. So ooh, there's another chip in the armor. Um, the performance, you know, goes off without a hitch ultimately. And then later on, uh, Gretchen's like, oh my God, that's so fetch. And Regina just flips out and is like, Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, uh, real quick, very, very, very quick aside. Has anybody, um, Dave, I know you know this one. Um, hmm. Anybody remember the, the teach me how to understand Christmas scene from Community? Is oh, man, I just watched movie? this recently. Wait, was that the claymation episode? No, no. No, well, not, not the claymation scene. Teach me how to understand Christmas is Alison Brie because her character is Jewish, uh, trying to seduce Joel McHale's character, okay. uh, and she oh, she's yeah. in like a green version of this outfit, and it starts off as like the sexiest thing you could ever imagine happening, and then by the end of it, because she's playing a character who's like increasingly dumb about Christmas because she's Jewish, by the end she's got like a baby voice and she's like babbling nonsense. Their dancing very much reminded me of the Teach Me How to Understand Christmas. If you guys want to hop on YouTube, listeners, it's a very funny scene. Um, I play it every year on Christmas morning. I will watch that scene because it, it makes me laugh every single time. It's so creepy. But yes, it's a very oh, similar yeah. outfit. Their skirts are made of plastic. So I did uh -huh. do some research, just not on everything. Um, <laughs> But it's finally like the last straw for Gretchen. She loses it and all the secrets come out. Um, maybe Regina's so mad because her parents don't sleep in the same room anymore. <gasps> she cheats mm. on Aaron. Uh, <gasps> she has a nose job. All these th secrets come out. Ammo for the sabotage. Mm. So those are all important things for us to know. I love her breakdown. Um, yeah, she, I love I love watching her freak out. I, I texted you so guys good. that I I love Gretchen Wiener. She's like my favorite character I think we've seen so far. Because when she goes insane, she goes like batshit insane. She like freaks out and turns uh, Julius Caesar and Brutus into like her and Regina. She wants to stab Regina. <laughs> like she watching her go insane is like some Norman Bates. I've lost my mind. Shit, it was so much fun. That is one of the highlight scenes. It's like, why shouldn't Caesar get everything? So yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so a good one. Good. So we're starting to like see the fruits of their labor. They try to make uh, Aaron catch Regina in the action because she, she always cheats on Aaron with a guy in the projecting projector room over the auditorium. This is where we start to see some of the coach car stuff. We're still not going to talk about the problematic stuff yet, guys. So just keep waiting. Just keep waiting. Yeah, he catches Coach Carr hooking up with some kids. So weird. Um, but, so these are some of the things that they're trying that. They're also trying to help Regina not lose weight, but gain weight, because she just really wants to lose three pounds. Just, just want to lose three, three. pounds. Three pounds. Um, but, uh, you know, this is where I called this uh, breaking plastic. Katie just can't. I thought this was funny. It's a breaking bad. It might not be uh -huh. to anyone else. Um, 
but she just like can't let it go. Now she's full on Heisen Katie and she talks about him all the time. <laughs> Heisen Katie. Heisen Katie. She is the one who knocks. <clears throat> she is. Um, but, you know, she is really all on board here. Uh, now is like failing math tests to get Aaron to be her tutor. While this is happening, she kisses Aaron and they have like a moment and that's where she blurts out like i don't even know why you like regina uh she cheats on you so now aaron samuels cross off that list of the trifecta of regina's power which um, which by the way if there's somebody that like is in your sphere and somebody else is like cheating on them massively like don't you is it not a good thing to tell them i think well as an adult absolutely in high school I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really think I had any high school friends who were cool enough to cheat on their girlfriends. <laughs> like, my friends were lucky enough to find one girl that liked them, much less, like, have a couple of options. That wasn't a thing for any of us. Yeah. I think it's a thing of, like, bros before hoes. So it's like, who cares what I do? Like, you got to be solid with me. Like, you can't let my lady know if I'm stepping out, kind of. To quote Polar, Uteruses before deuteruses. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, but I agree with you, Megan. Yes, it shouldn't have been a big deal, but that helps us get rid of Aaron off the list. Um, the Calteen bars, uh, she's starting to get fat. She can't fit in her dress that she said saved all year for the spring fling. So that's another strike. Um, and, and that then, store was 135. They only had sizes yeah. of one. Five. That's so good. Uh, do you have a larger size? That's a five. Maybe you should go to Sears. Does she say or something? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe you should try Sears. <laughs> nothing in between. Either one, three, five, or Sears. Yeah, nothing in between. Not Enjoy. even just like a, a Marshalls. Go to Sears go to where they have Sears. like refrigerators, like, yeah, like power tools. Not even like go to Macy's. Go to yeah. no. Go to Sears. Go yes. to Sears. That, you guys, oh, it was great. My mom. She did not want me to look cute in dresses and she went dress shopping with me one time and brought me a size 13. What? You remember, Crooks, that I was like a pretty lean individual? Yeah. <laughs> I was like maybe a size a three to seven, you know, at any point in my life. I'm not going to say beanpole, but like beanpole adjacent. Yeah, she brought me a size 13 that was a turtleneck and long sleeves. <laughs> she brought you a cloak. Mm. I feel like oh, your mom, brother. Like, our moms are very different because I used to only wear baggy, loose-fitting clothing. My mom's like, not everything has to be hanging off of you. And like, she finally had a friend go like, let your kid not try to show off her body. Like, ride this wave. <laughs> like, just let her wear clothes that hide everything. Like, you don't want to change this about her. Um, oh my God, a size 13 that? for teenage Megan. <laughs> <laughs> that is absurd. Yeah, and I was like, this is the last time you're going dress shopping with me. Holy shit. But uh, Regina probably needed that 13 because her dress well, didn't fit. So the body is yeah, on she its way maybe, out. maybe needed a six. <laughs> no, that, it was just a little tight in the back and just a little more room and she would have been okay. Junior's clothing does not come in even numbers. It's Fine. only odd numbers. Inform me. I have no idea what I'm talking about. When you get to the women's section, that's when you get odds. That's how uh, women's that's clothing That's why they had 579, Dave. That's why 579 was a thing back in the day. 
I'm glad you know that, man. Uh -huh. yeah. I had no idea. Uh, but yeah, so that happens. Her dress doesn't fit. Um, and then we have uh, Katie's now full on failing math. Her parents have to sign a test. She gets so mad at Miss Norbury that she puts her in the book, calls her a drug pusher. So now that's in the book. Um, not great. Um, she also does her own little three-way sting on Regina. She gets Regina to talk shit on both Gretchen and Karen. We haven't talked a lot about Karen. She's funny, but we have more important things. She's um, a comic relief. Yeah, she's a comic relief on top of all the other comic relief. But uh, Regina admits that Gretchen is annoying and calls Karen a slut. So uh, Gretchen hears that. Everybody hangs up. This is where the boo you whore comes from because mm -hmm. Gretchen then tries to call Karen to say these horrible things. Regina also calls and is like, I don't want to hang out with you. And it's like, well, boo you whore, whatever. So now we're more watching Karen, watching Sorry. Karen like struggle to, to spin these plates. was <laughs> fucking hilarious. Like yeah, of all the people call. in this movie, the least capable of not blowing this. Yeah. Cause she definitely says the wrong things to certain people. Which, again, more cracks in the army of skanks. Which, back to your earlier question, if this was now, it would be texting and it wouldn't be as dramatic. Yeah. This would have been like would be screenshots. Look what she said yeah. to me. Like, boop, like going off to the side. Well, yes. There'd have been a group text that was all the girls and then a group text with all the girls minus Regina. And Karen would have sure like sent the wrong text to the wrong group. Yes. Yep. A thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they try that. So that's another crack. And then the next day, Regina, we're, we're at the lunch table and she is breaking the rules because she is wearing sweatpants. Oh no. Mm. We only do that on Friday. I don't know what day of the week it is, but those are the only pants that fit. And mm. they are not having it because there was that one time I had my hair in a ponytail or such and such <laughs> happened and Regina wasn't having it. So Gretchen says, can't stick with us. I loved it so much. Her <laughs> performance of that line, like, again, she was doing the most. Like, she turned it up to, like, 15 to freak out and nail it. Like, it was so good. It was very good. And then Regina's like, well, fine, you can all walk home. So now she's lost Erin. She's now fat, quote, unquote. I won't say that. I'll just say she's gotten a little soft. Um, it's fine. And she's lost her army of skanks. What is Regina to do? She is no longer the leader. Guess who's the leader now? Katie. Mm -hmm. And her parents are going out of Fucking town. Katie. So she winds up having a party. This is her perfect opportunity to, uh, you know, seduce Aaron. So she thinks she's just going to throw a little soiree. She has cheese enough for eight people. What more can one want? <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes it's Nigel with the brie. <laughs> Nigel with the brie. Uh. Yes, Nigel with the Brie. And at this point, the party gets out of hand. We get the Joe Budden song, uh, Fire, Yes, Yes, Y'all. I only know it as uh, There's Some Hose in This House. Because uh -huh. <laughs> yes. it's repeated a lot. It's got a good bass. Also, that song is sampled by Cardi and Megan Thee Stallion for uh, WAP, which by the time uh -huh. it's come out, will be mm. like two weeks old. But right now, it's fresh in everybody's mind. So It's still going to be on Tyler in two house. weeks. Like yeah, I think I think um, now that we're on to that musical moment, uh, mm -hmm. it's probably a great time for a mic check. Mic check one two one two.
check one two. Microphone check one two. Yeah, hose in the house, which apparently that song is called Fire with Buster Rhymes. <laughs> I think it was originally a Three Six Mafia song that was sampled for that beat. That that there are some hoes yeah. in this house has been around for a long time. That's what I thought it. It was like an old. Yeah, it's, there's some hoes in this house. If you see him pouring them out, I think that's a um, Crunchy Black or DJ Paul, one of the two. So good. For, I just thought it was the song because that's the only time I've ever heard it is from this movie. Um, we also get uh, past that Dutch from Missy Elliott at the mall mm-hmm. when they're talking about the watering hole, likening it, likening it to Africa. Which, by the way, Missy Elliott was also. I'm not gonna say girl crush, a crush of mine at this time. Like she was like. In high school, really? I love Missy. Yeah, like this is for my people. We did like a dance to that in. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, that checks yeah, out. Orcasus and stuff. Uh, but yeah, she was the, like the first, like good female rapper that like was kind of pushing the boundaries. So I. She was great. Like yeah. great. this era of Missy was. I mean, there's a podcast I listen to. Um, where they, they break down like the billboard charts and they'll every once in a while have an artist where they say they enter their like imperial phase where no matter what they put out, it's amazing and tops the charts. This was like the peak of Missy's imperial phase. All of her songs in this era are amazing. And I thought um, with Past That Dutch and then also uh, One Way or Another by Blondie, they have mm-hmm. like theme songs in this movie, which is very clever. So they play Past That Dutch like two or three times when they show um, the plastics like all walking together um, and then as things change, they still have that song come back. And then every time they're trying to sabotage Regina one way or another um, kind of plays as that's going on. So I think that's, there wasn't a ton of music in this movie, but the usage of it I thought was very clever. Yeah, there are a few songs. There was a Billy Idol cover, Dancing With Myself by the Donnas, which is pretty good. Uh-huh, the Donnas. Love the Donnas. Love the Donnas. They'll, they'll come up in other movies that we're going to watch. Yeah, we'll get one on the list. Uh, to bring back a song Halcyon On and On by this band Orbital. It's an electronic song. Plays during the credits. It was also in Hackers as well. Uh, if you recognize it, maybe that's what it, what you recognize it from. I don't know. Could be. It's just a nice little piece of electronic music. I'm like, oh, what what is this? Like a four minute like regular song? It's like, nope, nope. It's fully a nine and a half minute electronic. <laughs> it goes it's on. Too many minutes. On. Same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's like one pink song, but yeah, like I, I, the music wasn't really like jumping. I, I don't know if it's also like I've just seen this movie so many times that it just doesn't catch me anymore. But um, I think the only other one was, uh, yeah, like pink song. God is a DJ when they're all getting ready for the dance or whatever or other events at the end of the movie, and then um, I think it's just like milkshake playing when uh, Regina's seven-year-old sister is dancing to that. So. <sighs> You know, so inappropriate. I feel like the music like didn't need to be that iconic, like Save the Last yeah. Dance, because the script and the players were way more iconic. So it just like sort of added a little bit of twist. And like we said, there were things that played multiple times. And so it was more of like kind of bringing the sentiment of that particular song like through, um, you know, through the movie, which is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, and then it's just the one other Samantha Ronson song that plays multiple times. 
It's called Built This Way. It plays with Katie and Aaron at the party when they're finally going to kiss. And then it plays again at the dance. And she's like, oh my God, I know this song. Because that's a joke earlier where people think she doesn't know music because she's been in Africa for 16 years. And also uh, Lindsay Lohan dated Samantha Ronson for a while. So Oh, that's that. right. What? I forgot uh-huh. about that. Yeah, I forgot yeah. that. I knew someone did her. I forgot who that was. All right. It was hmm. Lindsay. Yeah. Um, but that song we can talk about where Katie uh, finally c- catches uh, Aaron alone and she's trying to have a moment with him and he's just you know trying to say like he really likes her because she doesn't lie to him the way uh, Regina would and then she admits well I've been failing math to get close to you uh, which she thinks is crazy and she's like shut up and he's like don't tell me to shut up she's very drunk <laughs> and she winds up throwing up all over him I, listen man I got, I got mad at him in this scene because his reaction to this is insane. Like he reacts as though this news that I fake being bad at math to get close to you is like the worst betrayal ever foisted on anybody in like world history. And any high school guy I've ever known would have felt like king shit of fuck mountain if yeah. this, of a girl who looked like this was like, I have gone through so much trouble to try to get you to notice me. He wouldn't be like, oh, get out. I hate your guts. Like, <laughs> this is you amazing. Like, for me? <laughs> he, okay, first of all, he's Aaron Samuels. So he's the hottest boy in school, according he's to He's a missing movie. Jonas brother. Um, second of all, he has PTSD from Regina. Like, all she did was <laughs> manipulate and fuck oh, with him. Fear. So he's got issues. Oh, so. man. So he thought he finally found a girl who was like good and normal and she's no different. I kind of Ugh. agree though. I had that same reaction the first time, but thank you, Dana, right. for bringing right. us I'm back just, down. I'm just trying to give I Aaron's get it, but like 17 years old, Lindsay okay. Lohan is like, I'm throwing myself at you. I'm not going to be like, oh, Heisman, I'm running away from you. Like, fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? Like, well, spoiler alert, he doesn't stay mad at her long. So. True. This all gets wrapped up pretty quickly. Um, so Katie's chasing after him, and she runs into Janice and Damien driving out around outside. This is the my curfew is what I have, and it is now one ten. Uh, they're just very mad because she was supposed to go to Janice's art show. She bailed to have the party, didn't invite them. Um, there's a big blowout where they're trying to talk about, you know, like I only did this because you convinced me, and she's like, hey, you've been running the scheme without me for weeks uh really just pointing out that katie has gone a little too far and she now is the plastic not just a plastic mm-hmm. she is the plastic um this is also where regina learns that the calteen bars actually make you gain weight and she loses her shit this freak out so great it's, it's just like so one good. long continuous scream that goes on for like 15 minutes because she Apparently she's screaming from the moment she finds out all the way like into her bedroom. <laughs> so she's been driving around screaming. She walked through the house screaming. It's so good. At like 1.30 in the morning or two and her parents yeah. did not care. Um, my boyfriend came <laughs> in cool, at mom. this point in the movie and was like, what is happening? Why is someone screaming? <laughs> it's and so I was like, great. oh my God. Because Regina just found out the calcium bars are making her fat. Um, oh, it's so good. Well, she's so, also eating donuts at 9.30 p.m. or whatever in one scene. Like, you're not helping yourself at all. Well, she's trying to do the math on, uh, I'm carbs. only eating this many, I don't, I'm not on an all-carb diet, or I'm only eating this many things with this much percent fat, whatever. I'm yeah. going to get cheese fries. So it's funny, gag. <laughs> it's very good. It's very funny. I didn't put any of those lines in. I should have. Um, 
but she freaks out and she breaks out the burn book and you think she is about to put something in there about Katie, but we find out the next day when she brings the burn book to school that Katie called her a fugly slut and the worst person she's ever met. Katie in quotes, air quotes there, everybody. Um, brings it to Coach Carr. Coach Carr is like, oh, there's a lot in here. Not Coach Carr, sorry. Uh, Principal Duvall. Principal Duvall. Like, there's a lot happening in here. Are these allegations true? Who wrote this? You found this book? Who could have done this? And she's like, well, while she's hysterically crying, she stops for a moment and goes, there's only three girls not in it. Katie, Gretchen, and Karen. Whew, again, this is the most deep. diabolical shit I've ever seen in a teen movie. This is a she's scheme. Like, She's Kaiser Soze, uh, is what's yeah. happening. <laughs> She's going to start walking regular after a little while here. <laughs> that was, I, watching, not knowing that's what happened, I'm like, okay, so you're, you're, you're mad. You're going to put Katie in the burn book as a fugly slut. I'm like, oh, this is some next level schemery. Like, this is some bravo. Yeah. And, that, and so while uh, uh, Principal Duvall has the book, he calls in Katie Gretchen and Karen. Um, Regina just spreads photocopy pages all over the school, and this is where it's all been hell breaks loose. This spread is where we spread it all over the hallways and see what happens. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> this is where come quick, the girls they've gone wild. Happened. They've, they've gone wild. <laughs> like they are literally throwing each other down a stairwell. My they have God. a cement stairwell, beating yeah. the shit out of each other. Uh, it's that the comment in the book where Coach Carr is, uh, or Tran Pak is hooking up with Coach Carr. Yeah. Apparently, he's also hooking out with an, hooking up with another one of the was it cool Asians? Cool Asians. Um, so fights fights are breaking out all over the place because uh, girls are like, oh, this is one thing I read from the notes where like one of the girls is like made out with a hot dog. That was just once. Um, <laughs> just mass- once. It's supposed to be masturbated with the hot dog, but they couldn't get oh. it to be uh, well, again, okay. God, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've had that gif in my phone of Regina standing still while chaos is going on for like two years now. Um, again, like knowing it was from this movie but not seeing that scene, watching it play out was so much fun. The satisfaction on her face as like yeah. one girl two-hand chokes another girl in the hallway next to her. This is so great. No, it's true power. Look what I did. All I had to yeah. do was bring a book and just spread a little information around and the whole world was ready to explode and it did because of me. Yeah, truly. And that's where we get the uh, coach car. He grabs the bat. He tries to take a girl off of, she's hanging from a door. He tries to help her and she kicks him. He's like, oh, hell no. Oh, I didn't need the south side for this. Uh, eventually it leads to all the junior girls have to meet in the gym there's that craziness, and it's like, I will keep you here as long as it takes. You keep him here to four. Um, it's a quote we also didn't mention, but he's just like, okay, there's obviously a lot going on with you guys. Is there anything anybody wants to get off their chest? I think is that where that girl talks about having a wide set vagina, and everybody thinks yeah. she's a slut. <laughs> she yeah. uses super tampons. That made, me like, uncom- oh. that made me uncomfortable at the age of 35. Like, yeah, yeah it's... Yeah. The line is like, it's not my fault they have a wide set vagina and a very heavy flow. Yes. And he's like, oh, I can't deal with this. I can't do this. I can't deal like, with puts it. puts Tina Fey up there. Yeah. You no, handle I, this. I can't deal with it. And I am. Oh. Mm. Yeah, um, that's a lot. Yeah. But 
you know, Tina Fey is able to make some progress. She gets the girls to admit that they're just being like really mean and evil. Um, we've all talked about one another behind their backs. Like there's a good message in this movie. Um, oh, but the one thing I forgot to mention, this is where we should talk about uh, what's your problem? <laughs> because this is where a lot of the fights happen because Coach Carr is hooking up with bad teenage girls. So mm. that's one thing we can dive into. Yeah, uh, this movie, okay, there's some problematic stuff, and I think we talked about it before the podcast started, that we're able to wait until the end, because none of it is even, like, central to the plot. It's not like in, you know, Eurotrip, where, like, Cooper is a walking problematic character, or Varsity Blues, where Tweeter can't exist without being problematic. This shit is just kind of, like, tossed in here and there. Um, I know you guys are going to talk about some of this, so I'm going to leave a couple things to you. The, the the two things that really struck me the most um, were like the homophobia for no reason. So Regina is homophobic and I don't know why. Uh, she calls Janice a dyke um, in the burn book. And we find out, I, I did laugh every time Damien tried to explain why Janice has beef with Regina. And he would get like halfway through a sentence. So Damien, stop! <laughs> Like her reaction every time is her eyes get all wide, like she's in a panic state. Um, but then she also says that she couldn't have a lesbian at her party. And I'm like, oh my God, that's, and she said it like, well, obviously we'd all agree with this. Um, and then also, you know, I have some beef with the way that Janice talks about Damien being gay. Like obviously they're best friends and I make fun of my best friends. I think we all kind of do that, but she introduces Damien as being almost too gay to function. And then like five minutes later says, wow, Damien, really outgayed yourself. And I'm like that, man, if I, if I had, if my best friend who was white was like, this is crooks, he's almost too black to function. Really outblacked yourself. Like what the fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> like you have to fight yeah. now. What is, what is your problem? No, that, See, would I, that would definitely be a problem if someone said that. I'm, I'm yeah. sure someone's like, yep, that's my, that's my buddy crooks. Too black to function. I'm like, Jesus. too black to function. Like, we have to have a fight now. That, so yeah, I I didn't appreciate that stuff. But there there was some other problematic things. Who else has something they want to talk about here? Um, I just wanted to throw out that like, just Africa. We couldn't pick a country. We just were Africa's like, as big as hell. Yeah, it's just Africa. My her, so they call her Africa throughout the movie because I think it's funny because she's white, all this kind of shit. Um, but like, just pick one. Pick one. Pick pick one. one. There are so pick many. I, I don't know the exact number. You want to pick a, a Zimbabwe or a Sudan yeah. or Libya or uh, you know, farther south South Africa? Even I, I don't know. Yeah, just pick pick one. Yeah, there are Given, ones we've all heard of. There are countries like you could have been like Nigeria, Ethiopia, anything, just Africa. Yeah. Given the the wildlife we see her interact with, we know this is sub-Saharan Africa, so she's not in like Chad or Egypt. There's like giraffes walking around and baboons and shit. So we have a general idea. If they would have just said Congo or Zimbabwe or, as Megan said last week, Botswanaville, like, you know, pick, <laughs> pick anywhere in, like, sub-Saharan Africa and say that that's where she's at, and it's fine. But to just say, oh, Africa. Africa is enormous. <laughs> like, it's so fucking big. Ugh. Yeah. So that drove me um, insane. Yeah, I think you had a, she, another little bit. <laughs> The, well, on, on Africa, this is a, a quick moment that it was a joke. It made me laugh, but also kind of problematic. Katie walks up to the table of black kids at lunch, says Jumbo. 
<laughs> I'm just like, oh. Yeah. That didn't really need to yeah. happen. Yeah. Might as well hit him with a ngawa. Like, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure she would, she should know that not everybody who is black speaks whatever language Jabo I guess that's Swahili. Well, it's, it's like the exact same thing that she's getting, like, stereotyped for. Yeah. It's like the opposite of it. So, like, if she lived in Africa, she knows that there are black people that live other <laughs> in, in the world. And also there are white, a lot of white people in Africa too. So yeah. A, yeah. a weird, I laughed at, but then I was like, Oh, I shouldn't have laughed at that. Yeah. It was a weird one. Um, just all the stuff with math and Katie, we didn't actually talk about it, but Katie being a mathlete, it'll come into play in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, just everybody saying how like, Oh, it's social suicide. Don't do it. Um, just the fact that she's like failing math, like, could she have been in any other? I don't know. I just felt like we don't have to perpetuate like this whole issue with like steam. Girls can't STEM. do math. Yeah, girls can't do math. Like all time, like, you know, girls can enjoy and be good at math. Damn it! Um, <laughs> so that just kind of annoyed me. One thing that was problematic, but also like interesting, was Kevin G. Yeah, Kevin DeBoer. Yeah, I was like, is it supposed to be like Warren G. Oh, Kenny G. Good man. Uh, not Kenny G. <laughs> I the the Kevin character. Um, I did have a note in here that uh, his rapping at the talent show was Julia Stiles esque. Um, but I, okay. I they, they they did you know pick the one Indian character to be the one that's super good at math. But then they also like fleshed him out like oh no he's also super into hip hop, which is a funny thing. And they don't. They don't give him like an accent or like make a joke about him being Indian. So I thought they could have really gone like full Apu with that. And I think they showed a little bit of restraint not going all the way there. Yeah. Um, and then I just think we could probably mention, I just think 2004, none of us knew what we were doing. We weren't PC back then. Um, no. But the whole coach car plotline is just not funny. Um, hooking up with kids. Nope. Nope. And they're Two like, teens. yeah, I think they make, they do make it, it. It's like an extended joke because it's mentioned in the burn book. And it's also mentioned that uh, Tina Fey is a drug pusher in the burn book. And they're like, well, because of the uh, accuracy of the one allegation, we have to take this other one seriously. And I'm like, they're proven to be incredibly accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember exactly how Tim Meadows says it, but it was just like, Oh man, can we just let that, that whole plot line go could it have been yeah. anything else yeah there was um a, a guy at our school i forget what his position was but we had these narcs I know that, it was. yeah um and he actually got fired because he had a relationship with uh, a 16 or 17 year old yeah uh so this is not this is not a joke this is 100 percent accurate that dude's first name was rock his name was mm-hmm. Rock Cox. Yeah. Yes. I have 100% that is his real name. His name was Rock Cox. He used to wrestle at Morass College, which is in Iowa. You're giving a lot um, of information. <laughs> I, I was like, do I say Dude, his he name? Was, he, was, like, he was boning a teenage student. Like, okay. I don't feel bad for Rock Cox. Like, if, you, if he works at your school now, fire that man. Yeah, true. Like, he was hooking up with a teenage student for a long time. Yeah. Um, fuck him. <laughs> I don't even feel yeah. bad about it. Yeah, it's a gross thing to include in this. Otherwise, fantastic film. But those are a uh-huh. lot of problems. Um, 
so this, you know, a lot of that stuff comes to light during the conversation in uh, the cafe, like the, the gym. Um, there's a lot of reconciliation. The girls apologize. They, um, there's like a thing where they have to announce their apology and then do trust balls. Um, everybody's really get buying into it. Um, they drop Gretchen on her ass because it's like, I'm sorry, I'm so popular and so pretty. So <laughs> and Karen looks so proud of her. There were there were a couple of moments between them in this scene where you could really see like genuine warmth and support for one another. There's a part where like Karen is very proud to raise her hand that someone's called her a slut before. Uh-huh. And Gretchen like supports her for that. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah. There's, a, there's a couple of moments where it's like, Karen is a big old dum-dum and Gretchen is like her her supportive, it's it's a real, you know, acute relationship between the two of them, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, so George and Lenny of Mice and Men situation. <laughs> it really is. Um, and the so, rabbits? So they drop Gretchen on her ass. Um, Katie has been very cagey this whole entire time because she feels nervous that if she admits anything, she'll also have to admit that she's been trying to sabotage Regina and she's just not cool with doing that. Um, so Janice is seeing all this and Janice has a different uh, apology in mind and ultimately decides fuck it and reveals the whole sabotage plan that they have been doing everything in their power to ruin Regina's life um, and then jumps into the pits of girls. They're all for it. It's great. Regina loses her shit. Um, and she and Katie go running out of the building. They're yelling at each other, arguing and Regina gets hit by a bus. You think this is a joke? I remember the first time I was like, oh, that's funny. No, Regina yeah. legit got hit, she by, a hit bus. by a bus. Yeah, her uh, head turned, I'm her gonna, head turned all the way around. Her head turned all the way around. I'm gonna she toss did. it out to you guys. What was a better twist ending? Um, Regina getting hit by a bus or the sixth sense? If you paid uh-huh. attention during, during the sixth sense, it wasn't really a twist. No one paid you, attention. I, okay. It was a twist for me. <laughs> It was a twist. Twist for me, too. I saw it opening night. It was a twist for me. Yeah. It was just so sudden that the bus, like, full-on plowed over her. The bus was going 90 miles per hour. Yeah, that that bus was, like, not going the speed of of (laughs) cars or any vehicles that should have happened in a school zone. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Bus from speed. You're only supposed to go, like, 25 in a school zone. (laughs) (laughs) Flying by. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, that Uh, was pretty intense. It was a good, because you think it's not going to happen because there's something, you know, earlier in the movie, they kind of do a similar thing, but no, she got hit by a fucking bus. Yeah, it was a real Um, shock. So then there's a lot of aftermath because people think that Katie pushed her in front of the bus. Um, But the next day at school, there's a lot of chaos and Miss Norbury's getting arrested because, hey, they said she was a drug pusher. Um, And I think Aaron kind of categorizes the book in a little bit of a sexist way of being like, it's just stupid girls who have nothing better to do and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I was just like, okay, bro. Mm, calm down. Chill. But ultimately, Katie, you know, recognizes the error of her ways and admits to writing it. Um, she doesn't rat on anybody else, but she just says she did, she did it. She gets in a lot of trouble. Um, she winds up joining the mathletes and her parents convince her to just, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe lay low the rest of the year. Um, yes, what, what a start to your first year of going to public school or school Seriously. in general. Um, 
So uh, they've been saying this whole entire time, there's a big spring fling dance and it's a big deal to be voted king and queen of it. So everybody's getting ready to go to the dance. Um, the people who are eligible for spring fling queen are Regina, Gretchen, Katie, and Janice. So just keep those in mind folks if you forgot. Um, but ultimately everybody goes to the dance and is having a great time. Katie goes to the Mathlete State Championships. She's not doing super well but she winds up winning the day for them because it comes down to a tie break, guys, because it always comes down to a tie break. It's like the third or fourth movie we have that ends like this. Yeah, man. Yep. Roll bounce. Uh, drum line. Drum line. I wish there could yeah. have been a tie break and bring it on. That would have been amazing, but no. Mm. Oh, right? Um, but so Katie winds up winning it because both teams choose to pick the girl. Mm -hmm. God forbid they call uh, them by their names. Yeah. And she remembers that uh, whatever the math thing is, I did not take calculus. I was not smart enough to get into that one. Was it limits. Limits. Yeah. I don't like Factorials that or some shit. I, no, there is no it's limit. limit. There is yeah. no limit. There is no limit. Uh, and they wind up winning, which is really cool because they were able to get jackets because uh, now that they have a girl on the team, they get extra funding. Ugh, and they had jackets already. Like they didn't like go get them after this. The jackets were already there. <laughs> So like they, were, they didn't. They were only getting those jackets if they won. Kevin DeFord's gonna take them back. <laughs> gotta return them otherwise. Yes, that's what's gonna happen. Everybody convinces Katie to go to the dance, even though she's grounded. But you know, you're already out, so why not? Um, she winds up winning spring fling, which you know normally would just mean let's put a crown on your head. But what does this girl know? She's never been to school. She gives a speech. Uh, Tim Meadows is perfection behind this whole entire time. He's like, uh, no one normally does this. You could just go. <laughs> I just don't have your speech about. I'm really glad this year's almost over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. That was, uh, that was really funny. He's good. Um, he's hilarious. She does this whole speech. It's how like everybody looks great. Everybody's awesome. Um, the crown is plastic and it's so brittle it easily breaks into a hundred pieces. Right. Which I was like, how many pieces of this crown are there? Queen. And yeah. you're a queen. You're all queens. A lot of pieces. Damien yeah. gets a bit of that crown. He's so excited yeah. about it. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, because of the speech and everything else, the we see that the clicks break up. Regina now plays very horrible lacrosse. I was very offended by this. She's wearing a fucking beret for some reason and cradling like a mad woman. And assaulting people, yes. Beating everybody. I'm so mad. I think she's wearing a beret because that was a wig that uh, Rachel McAdams oh. was wearing this whole entire time. And I don't know how well it would hold up to running. Um, <laughs> apparently, Katie and Aaron are still together and he goes to Northwestern. Do we buy oh, this? Yeah. I do, do not buy this. He's from he's from Evanston, so like he's in town. But like, no, he goes to Illinois State. No, you can't I, do math. Yeah, I was like sixteen levels of math in high school, and I got waitlisted at Northwestern. Yeah, no, I didn't get in Northwestern. Like he, yeah. no, I got a, I did very well in the ACT, and they were like, not even waitlist, like go somewhere else. Like <laughs> you can't come in, <laughs> you can't sit with us. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I had a hard time buying that piece, and I feel like every movie you watch is somehow related to uh, Illinois and Chicago. I gotta find a movie based in New Jersey so I can. Because it's, it's the best. Back you want to do Garden State? We'll do, we'll do Garden no. State next. No, there's oh. gotta be other ones. <laughs> I do not want to do that movie. No, I don't want to do that movie either. Um, 
but ultimately everything is happily ever after we all learned our lessons. I remember writing down that, like, I think there was actually a good message for teen girls in this movie that at the time went over my head. And then even now I was like, Oh, I think they were trying to teach us something. And by the time the end of the movie comes, you've missed it all because you've just been enjoying the nonsense the whole entire time. But yeah. we did it. We made it through. Uh, we can talk about people's outfits, but I don't. Yeah, I, I think I think we need to. This movie, okay. um, I, I really, I mean, look, this is this is one of the more iconic movies we've covered. I think it's okay if we go a little bit longer with this episode and, and not skip anything. So um, we really do need to dig into some of the outfit and hair choices. So let's quick talk about some frosted tips and butterfly clips. <whistles> Dave, who do you want to talk about this week? Um, I thought, uh, Damien made some, some interesting choices when it came to the spring fling. He, they wore, uh, him and Janice wore matching purple tuxedos. I always appreciated those old school prom looks that you'd see in movies. Like I I would never see anybody wear anything like that where it's like a, let's do a sky blue tuxedo and like a ruffled shirt. And that's, that, that was completely normal back in the day and never really made any sense to me. And they have these bright purple polyester tuxedos that I thought were pretty cool. And then a little earlier in the movie, Damien uh, decides, you know, I'm going to wear meat on my face when, uh, <laughs> when they're going through all, all the different clicks. And they're like, there's the weird art kids over there. And he's just wearing a lot of like ham on his face. Yeah, and he's just talking face. like, blah, blah, blah. I'm wearing ham on my face. I'm like, he's, very he's funny choice. He's Very being funny. sloth from Goonies. He's like, hey, you Oh, there you go. I was wondering what he was saying. Okay, there you go. It's sloth from the Goonies. That's uh, it's always good for your, for your skin to have nice, salty lunch meat on your face. Your pores are going to break the fuck out. Um, Dana, what look caught your eye this week? Um, so this one was tough rewatching this because I was just like, oh, I dressed like Lindsay Lohan when I, <laughs> in 2004. Um, a lot of her, like, there's the, the outfit in particular is when she is being told she has to get her test signed. Um, she's wearing, like, this very skin-tight shirt up top, low-cut. I, I wasn't doing low-cut. I'm not working with the rack that Lohan has. But it's just, like, this stripy red, orange, and blue skirt. But there's, like, a tie at the waist. But it's flout, flowy. I don't know. It was, there were a lot of weird skirt choices in that, the early yeah, aughts. I had that, too, so don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of like weird like tight up top and either like long and flowy or very short and very flowy it was yeah it was like tennis chic for some reason was the thing we were all doing and mm. yeah that's my I was like yeah I own that I own that probably only threw it out when I moved to Texas because I was just like you never know when you might need it I was saying before the pod if you can find any of those pictures and put them on Twitter you and Megan both because I think your looks uh, both kind of dovetailed with a lot of this stuff from back in the mid-aughts. Big Sis, which look do you want to talk about this week? Well, I will say I did have a green skirt that was a popular skirt in college for my um, college roommates to steal that looked exactly like some of those skirts. (laughs) I would like, I literally go to the bar and see one of my um, sorority sisters wearing my green skirt and I'd be like, is that my skirt? Anyway, um, my, yeah. my pick is the 
I don't know if it's velour. I, I was very bad. I could never fit into these jumpsuits, but it was like a very popular time. I think JLo like brought this, you know, style in, but it was these matching jumpsuits. And so long sleeve, long pants, um, very skin tight, a little bit of a flare leg, a zip up top. And um, Amy Poehler, the cool mom, was wearing a, a pink one with like a little bit of like fuzz on it. Um, and not very only- juicy. Juicy yes. couture? Juicy couture. Juicy yes, couture, but it didn't absolutely. Say juicy on the, on baby the, fat. Yeah, it didn't say juicy or, or baby fat on the butt. So right. must be, I'm not sure where it's coming from. Uh, but then in addition to that, she had her, you know, tiny dog nestled in her um, arm, as well as her platter of, um, I guess, virgin cocktails. And so like- Do you want some alcohol? Yeah, just the whole, <laughs> the whole situation reminded me I was in dance reminded me of every like dance mom that I've ever encountered I confirm I can think of a couple of moms that uh of Orcus's kids from back when I was on the same troop with you one year and I'm not going to say names but if they listen to the podcast they know who their moms were yeah um, um yeah and they're still trying to be cool moms to this day yeah. yeah one in particular that I can think of that I am friends with on Facebook right now. Um, so for my look, I wanted to talk about uh, Janice Ian, who um, we haven't talked about a ton in the podcast, but I mean, I think um, she's a relatively iconic character from this movie who's like not in the plastics. And if we're going to talk about her, we have to really start off with her hair. Um, it seems like she's trying to give off the impression that she doesn't really care about her hair or how she looks, but looking at her, I feel like this shit would take forever to get in place. Um, mm. Megan, I think you have the hair that's most similar to her. How, how long would this take to get all of this shit kind of in place? Yeah, I mean, like she's got to, she had to straighten it and then like part it and like get the barrettes in the right <laughs> spot and like, I don't know, like do like a lot of spray because it had to like stick up straight. Like my hair is very long and thin and I feel like that's what she had, but she was like yeah. goth. She was like a mixture of like goth and like cute girl, I, I yeah. guess. Her shit was wild. Um, I got a, it was hard to find like a, a good screenshot of her because there's also a musician named Janice Ian who was the first ever musical guest on SNL. So that's, I think that's why they picked her name as Janice Ian, because it's a Lauren Michaels movie and all that. Um, <laughs> but I got one really good screenshot. I counted eight butterfly clips in her hair from her first day of school. And then there were also two of those like really, I guess, a regular like super shiny metal hair clips on the side as well to hold her bangs in place. Uh, she had so many tendrils. I want to call them tentacles. Like she had, her hair was just all over her fucking face and hair and head. Um, she also had the thickest, blackest eyeliner that a 19-year-old me would have lost my shit over in my MySpace days. Like, that was... We talked about how much I loved chunky highlights. I was also a sucker for, like, raccoon eyes at the time. Um, she didn't really have on any other, like, discernible makeup, which made her eyes look even more insane. She had on a black tank top with the word rubbish in like a yellow stencil font across the chest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At first I thought rubbish was a band. I looked it up. It is not. 
if you search for a rubbish band, Google is like, you meant garbage, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah, that's not a band. She just had a shirt that said rubbish on it. Um, under the tank was an oversized gray long sleeve tee with those like emo girl thumb holes to put your thumbs through because you're really chilly. Um, she had on a calf length flouncy black skirt with the roughest, most uneven hem imaginable. It, I assume it was from a Halloween costume. Like it looked like she was going as like a banshee and just wore that skirt. Then she also had multicolored striped tube socks, black low top chucks with bright turquoise laces. Like she looks like she's not well. She looks like she should be in Girl Interrupted. But I feel like her whole look is like a classic example of that high school kid who cares so much about trying to convince everyone they don't care at all. Like she put a lot of effort into cultivating this look every morning. Yeah, taking a closer look at it, I was like, oh, I went to high school with a girl. Like, I've known her since, like, middle school. We used to do cheerleading together. And just, like, one day, she came in looking like this. And she used to be this, mm -hmm. like, cute, really preppy. And then it was, like, all this eyeliner, all this clip, all these clips. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I went to school with someone who just one day decided this is, this is what I do. I, like, have a weird part. I clip it down. The hair's crazy. And you're just like... I remember I'd always be like, what happened? I will not be call anybody by their name on this pod, but I just remember being I, You like, know what? I'm, I'm going to right now. Um, I, I had a friend from high school who we were never super close outside of like part of freshman year, but she's become one of those people who is, if you were to look at our Facebook, we appear to be best friends forever. Like we are always commenting on each other's shit and very supportive of one another. And I believe she listens to the podcast. So Kathleen Dunham, word up, word to you. Love you. You are the best. I feel like this was very much her look at, for part of high school. Like, just so many different things all happening at the same time, but clearly took a lot of time to put this whole thing together. Um, so, yeah, if Kathleen, you're among my favorite people right now, and I feel like Janice, Ian, and you would have been best friends back in, like, 03. You guys would have kicked it all the time. Um, now... One of our favorite things that we like to do on this podcast is uh, take a look at kind of a minor character and see if this movie was the start of big things for them or kind of the peak of their entire career. So it is time for an IMDb deep dive. Okay, Dana, so, who are we diving on this week? Yeah, so I don't know if this is like necessarily fair. I just really love this character because I feel like a lot of people like really blew up and I think we've talked about them um a lot in this so i'm gonna go with a that guy from this movie um i'm gonna go with neil flynn who plays katie's dad yep um i will forever always think of him as janitor from yep. scrubs but he yes. is yep. like if you go back and watch like um older movies he like pops up in the fugitive and i remember really I, i've only watched that recently <laughs> But he plays oh, a transit cop in The Fugitive, and you're like, oh, my God, it's, it's oh, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Um, he also, like, pops up in, like, Major League, Rookie of the Year. Like, he's just been around for forever. Um, and I just really love him. You know, Scrubs is a very important TV show to me and in my life. He's also in The Middle, which is a, also a very good yeah. ABC sitcom. Um I'm just bummed that the parents didn't get anything besides Katie's parents because I also really do love Anna Gostar. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I just really like him. He was great. 
Um, he was apparently the, the, a voice in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs recently. He's been on Key and Peel. Um, some other stuff in here, but I just really love Neil Flynn. And honestly, I don't know if people have watched it, but the middle, he plays Mike Heck. It's a really good, really good TV show. It's a very good show. That's a really, really good show. That's it. Neil Flynn, janitor. Love it. Jan Etor. E- <laughs> I'm going to try to fancy it up. Um, <laughs> So guys, uh, that does bring us to um, the end of our podcast. And just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Katie is most likely to be consistently underestimated at her future job in STEM. Janice is most likely to post TBT pictures on Instagram with the caption, OMG, what was I wearing? LOL, wacky face emoji. Uh, Damien is most likely to respond to texts with gifts of himself. Yes. Regina is most likely to hold the center slice of deep dish in season one of Real Housewives of Chicago. <laughs> Gretchen is most likely to have a humiliating three-episode arc as a friend of Regina on season six of the Real Housewives of Chicago. And Karen is most likely to think she needs a passport to go to New Mexico. Oh. Ooh, she was a big dumb dumb. Like I <laughs> loved her, and it's funny for me to because I think most people think of Amanda Seyfried like from this movie. For me, I always think about her from being on Big Love. Like that's where I know her from before anything else. And so, um, her character in that show was very complex and had like a lot going on. And so to see her play like a legit brain damaged person, fucking hilarious for me. Um, Dave, you have the pick of the next movie. What are we going to watch next week? Yeah, I had it down to two, so I flipped Uh-oh. a coin. Uh, we're going back to 1999. It's actually a series of four films, but we'll start with the first one and talk about it from there. I'm going to pick American Pie. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> Let's just start the problematic segment right now. Huh? Exactly. That's going to be a big part of it. Going. Is that oh, back. brother. You have sex with a pie and just see what happens, you know, what's going on. Jesus but, Christ. Uh, I feel like we've, we've been, we've been dancing around that one since we first started doing this. A lot of fun performances, some funny stuff, some problematic stuff. So should be exciting to talk about. Is this one I'm where we have Jennifer a special Blue-ish. guest or is this just... From what I can tell, there's nobody... nobody Do we really not for this? I think everyone's kind of we like, I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot clown pole. We can find someone. <laughs> Who wants yeah. to talk about that movie? It's so fun. I'm sure we could, but holy moly. Okay. Well, guys, buckle up. That's going to be a wild episode. We're going to be so fucking gross, that entire movie. Um, guys, that does it for this week's episode. Uh, if you like what you heard, tell a friend about us. Pop on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and uh, follow us on Twitter at Recap and Gown Pod. That is R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D. If you don't like what you heard, in the immortal words of Janice Ian, you are a typical selfish backstabbing slut-faced hoe bag. Take it easy, millennials. We'll see you next week.